SFM Radio and at Stephen Grutus on Twitter. All right. Uh, unfortunately, battling. I do apologize for this to speak to Dr. Shahida Omar this morning. And no fault on her part, uh, just battling to get that cell phone line to stick. In fact, I think it's there. Dr. Omar, good morning and thank you so much for your time. Morning and thank you. Um, there's so many victims in the Gerard Ackerman case. They're the children who were abused in the creation of the child pornography. They're the teenage boys who were groomed and abused. Can young people really recover from this kind of abuse? And it's the most awful thing that went on for a long time. So, you know, we, we, we celebrate, we applaud this, you know, this judgment. But I think the one thing you need to bear in mind and take cognizance of that while the physical wounds may disappear, the emotional scarring, the psychological scarring will remain. And I think that is something that we need to really take heed of, that the impact, the implications, the long-term implications on their trajectory, on their interactions, on the issue of trust, the powerlessness, uh, the lack of control, feeling helpless. You know, a lot of emotions will continue. If we look at the typical issue around the humiliation, the shame, the stigma, and continuous anxiety because of the exposure that they've had to this kind of traumatic experience. So the psychological scars are going to have to be worked on for a very long time. If you talk about recovery, I'm not sure about recovery. Yes, they may, you know, through supportive counseling, the therapeutic interventions, they may develop coping skills in order to manage their life, in order to manage their relationships. And I think that is something that we need to appreciate and understand that it's not a quick fix and that it's not going to disappear overnight. But it's not only the victim. I think we also need to look at the other people, uh, families and close relations uh, and friends that will be impacted by this because of the issue of trust and feeling uh, you know, uh, deceived and betrayed. There are huge issues here to be worked through. There's also the risk of a downward spiral. One act of abuse or this kind of abuse means that someone, you know, won't trust people. Um, there may be an easier option in sort of drugs or alcohol, and then you won't trust people. Or, or we, we know that victims of abuse are actually often more likely to be abused again for various difficult and complicated reasons. And so then things get worse and worse, don't they? You've got to avoid that. Indeed. And I think because, you know, I mentioned the damaged goods syndrome where they often feel victims feel that there was something wrong with them, that they were instrumental in creating such a situation where they take uh, you know, a, a blame and do not actually shift the blame to the perpetrator. And as a result, sitting with or wrecked with guilt, we find that they resort to trying to find a solution to, to resolve what the internal conflict is about and often resort to self-destructive, self-defeating behavioral patterns, whether it's substance abuse, as you say, find themselves in situations of being victimized or even becoming a victimizer. Um, and, you know, the other thing is that they not only resort to drugs, but uh, again, you would find that there would be mood disorders and all sorts of other complications, which is a maladaptive response to their challenges that they have not been able to come to terms with. Um, Gerard Ackerman and Paul Kennedy were able to take advantage of these young people. And I'm presuming that these young people were vulnerable for all sorts of reasons. And I mean, it may be they'd been victims of abuse before, which made them vulnerable to this gang too. 
So, I, you know, we know that that's the modus operandi of many sexual predators and pedophiles. Always prey on children who are vulnerable, children who are needy, needy of emotional affection, you know, coming from dysfunctional families, coming from a background of adversity, whether it's a history of victimization, it could be physical abuse, it could be neglect, uh, it could be domestic violence, uh, poverty. So there are numerous risk factors that could contribute to their vulnerability, and perpetrators are very sophisticated, and they lure children, uh, you know, needy children for uh, for their own use and for exploitation and abuse. Dr. Shida Omar, thank you so much. So much more to talk about. Clinical Director of the Teddy Bear Clinic for Abused Children. Onika Makwakwa is the co-director of the organization Wise for Africa. They try and help victims of abuse. Onika, good morning to you and thank you for your time. There was This was an awful case on the facts. I mean, there's no doubt about it. Even the judge said yesterday he found it difficult actually to write up his judgment. But on the law, from what I can see, the National Prosecuting Authority was able to bring a huge amount of evidence. I mean, it was an overwhelming case, wasn't it? Absolutely. Good morning to you and your, your listeners. Um, yes, this was really the way things should work, right, in terms of from a prosecutorial uh, point of view, where proper investigation is done and there's uh, interest and enthusiasm and thoroughness on the part of the prosecution to make sure that we bring this guy to book. Um, and this is how it should be all the time. Uh, unfortunately, that's not always the case, but this was really uh, an example of how we have the laws in this country, we have the systems, we have everything that we need to be able to wrangle this sketch. One of the things that really worries me is we talk about the victims that we know about. Uh, I have a horrible feeling that there'll be lots of other victims in this case that we don't know about. Absolutely. You know, uh, reporting of such visions it's 60% underreporting of sexual uh, abuses in this country in general. Uh, and largely that's because uh, we have not created an environment where when people tell us that they've been sexually violated, we start by believing them. Our, our uh, default setting is to start by not believing them and, and uh, detailing how good the other guy is, the, the accused perpetrator is, or it couldn't possibly be him, he's such a nice guy. So one of the things that as a society we need to learn from this also is to believe victims. Start by believing victims and survivors when they tell you that this has happened to them. Regardless of who the perpetrator is, it could be your favorite, whatever, I think we must understand that people can be bad to someone else and good to you at the same time. Uh, the advocate Paul Kennedy is dead. He killed himself when this all came out. And there's nothing the law can do to him. But the judge mentioned him yesterday because he was sent such a central figure to this case. And I mean, I remember, mm-hmm. Annika, I remember as a reporter in court watching Kennedy argue in really important cases. I mean, he was an important figure. Mm-hmm. And here mm-hmm. we had this happening behind them. I mean, was the judge right to remind people of what Paul Kennedy did? I mean, he exposed these people to HIV and he did it knowingly. Uh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's just horrendous, how, the, the whole thing. But I think also he needed to remind us of that because I'm glad you remember how important he was, how big he was. But people need to understand that even now we've got some high-level cases of people who are very loved, huge followers, and everybody says, oh, but not him. And I think that's what this case shows us, that yes, him too.
he can also be uh, someone who behaves like this with a certain group of vulnerable people. And I think at the end, we have to also remember that these crimes are less so about sex and more so about power. Monica Makwakwa, thank you very much indeed. Really appreciate it. Co-director of the organization Wise for Africa. So much more to look at from the Gerard Ackerman case.